0: Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. A few weeks ago, I had the chance to talk with Kay Martin, who serves as a regional member care manager. Uh, Member care was having a training event here in Boone, and so I was able to talk to Kay and how Samaritan's Purse prepares our staff to serve in the ministry. I love the way that they both train um, our staff really well to do the work, but also walk alongside them as they serve in hard places. Kay and her husband, Andy, have helped launch this member care ministry, and they've watched it grow. And so it was a joy to hear from her uh, what she's learned from the Lord over the years of ministry.
1: I am Kay Martin, and my husband, Andy, and I joined Samaritan's Purse in May of 2016 to start the member care team at Samaritan's Purse, and he actually stepped away a couple of years ago, and he's now on a DART contract going out on DARTs himself, and i am um, still been working full-time.
0: Okay, and so for people who don't know about member care, can you maybe even just share what it is and what they, what you all do and maybe why why it even began um, to begin with it was
1: actually Franklin's vision to see that we developed a branch of ministry that would serve the spiritual needs of our staff mm. and you no know, initially Christy it was just for our international field staff was mm. our initial task uh, of how do we care for those that are living cross-culturally on a long-term basis and just mm. recognizing the lack of support and comfort and family that they have we care for them in incredible ways with legitimate and benefits and finance, and but we are an organization that says we serve in Jesus' name, so how do we also su- support them spiritually? So what an amazing mandate to get to create a team that cares for the spiritual well-being of our international staff. We say we want to see our staff thrive emotionally, spiritually, and relationally as we serve together in Jesus' name is mm-hmm. our mission statement.
0: Mm-hmm. What was your background? What What is What were you doing prior to that?
1: Um, Well, that's kind of why we were asked to come and step into this. My husband and I had been serving for eight years with another missions organization doing member care. Hmm. And uh, as much as Samaritan's Purse does everything in Jesus' name. There wasn't that background of how do we do this one-on-one relationally. So they wanted someone to come in that had a bit of background in that. And incredible, we often say, I can't believe we got hired to do this job. But mm-hmm. um, we were asked to come and be in on the ground floor and, and watch what God could do with member care within Samaritan's Purse.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and so you mentioned initially it was There was a vision, Mm -hmm. but that has grown and changed and evolved. And I love the way that, yes, Samaritan's Purse, I mean, we stay true to the gospel. That Mm -hmm. doesn't change. But the day-to-day and, and, yeah, the way we implement things and and help our staff has changed and evolved. So maybe how has the ministry even changed in the past couple years? Mm -hmm. Uh, How has the Lord, I guess, guided it and maybe even surprised you because you were here (laughs) at the foundation of it?
1: Oh, that's a great question. There were three of us initially. And task with caring with all of our IFS around the globe. And that was a monumental task in and of itself. So we mm-hmm. quickly saw that the three of us couldn't handle that. So our team grew. And then in 2016, you know, 2017, we went to Mosul. Mm-hmm. And that was the first opportunity that member care had to think and to be invited and to say how could we potentially use this new arm of Samaritan's Purse on a dart?
0: Hmm.
1: So it was Member Care's first opportunity to serve proactively on a dart. And right away, we grew from just caring for our IFS to also being included, feet on the ground, serving, going in with the first wave on a dart. So that greatly expanded responsibility potential opportunities you know we went from serving i don't know what do we have 250 ifs to now we're looking at 3000 mm-hmm. dart so mm-hmm. the the potential for serving and caring for people spiritually just grew exponentially overnight with us having that opportunity to be in Mosul and serve on that dart
0: wow Wow. And I want to talk in a minute now that we are responding in a, a war zone mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. um, just the how you all are approaching this one. But before I even do that, what does your team consist of now? How, can you even tell me how many there are <laughs> yeah. and maybe what the breakdown is? And I know many remote, work remote, but. but...
1: Yes. So there are five of us that do full-time member care work for Samaritan's Purse, okay. two men and... I mean, three men and two women, including <laughs> myself. And we obviously can't cover everything that, we've been blessed to cover within the ministry with those few numbers. Mm -hmm. So, over the years, we've come up with creative ways of expanding our team and drawing in support work to help us. Mm -hmm. So, we have member care DART chaplains that are on a DART contract that Mm -hmm. will go out in our stead on a DART and serve in that way. Mm -hmm. We have member care summit facilitators, which is a debrief opportunity that we do at the Cove that come in and serve alongside of our member care team to debrief and encourage and just um, give a healthy exit to our staff and our DART that have served on the field. And we have international field chaplains who support us in country offices. So, for instance, the country offices that I serve full-time are the five Asia offices. Mm -hmm. So, Caring for five Asia offices plus doing darts, and I also get to work with World Medical Mission and the post-resident physicians that serve around the globe just (laughs) just becomes a lot on one plate. Mm -hmm. So to serve those countries well, we also have international field chaplains that will take one country of responsibility and I get to work with them, and they care for that country on an ongoing basis Mm. and just give such consistent care. So Mm. Monday, it's interesting you would ask that question because Mm. this is Thursday. On Monday, we are having a member care support team training, and we have 37 extra people that support us on a contractual basis. None of them are full-time. They all go out as Mm. needed or on call, but they're all available to serve in those different ways to support the different roles that member care now has been blessed to step into within Samaritan's Purse. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> so you guys are kind of broken up regionally, it sounds like, but then yes. also, I mean, so many different components, but I'm glad that it's organized. So you're not just <laughs> left to actually, I'm in Deuteronomy right <clears throat> now. Or no. Yes, Deuteronomy. I had to think numbers, um, where God is, you know, God had told Moses, you know, he's addressing everybody, but, you know, he said the numbers of the Israelites are too much, so, you know, so he had to yes. make leaders. And, yes. you know, and also his father in law Jethro told him the same thing you're doing too much, you know, you need to delegate and you need to have leaders. And I love the way that Samaritan's first does that in mm-hmm. all aspects of the ministry, mm-hmm. you know, so that a burden is not too much for one person. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in member care, because you are dealing with Oh, so much weight from the other, you know, from other people. You know, mm-hmm. you're taking on that secondary trauma or that, mm-hmm. you know, just in sharing and carrying burdens. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot, and yeah. so I'm glad that it is organized in such a way that you don't get burned out.
1: Yeah, uh, it is. It is important to have a structure, yes. and God is a God of order. And mm-hmm. how do we do the best we can to make sure that no one that is employed by Samaritan's Purse falls through the cracks, mm-hmm. internationally speaking? Mm-hmm. Um, our doctors, our DART staff, our international field staff, how, how do we care for them and make sure that there is somebody there that's accessible to encourage, mm-hmm. uh, to be a listening ear, to be a safe place, to point them back to Jesus,
0: to fix their eyes on Jesus, to give them a different outside perspective? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so important because, yeah, living overseas—short term or long term—you know—it it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. And then to be trying to minister and learn a new culture—and there's so much. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that they walk through, walk you through. So let's let's talk t- about darts. Mm-hmm. And so right now we are responding in Ukraine, and that is obviously—I mean—every dart is challenging, oh, yeah. and you see and you see difficult things, you know. But with war specifically, there is a lot of trauma. And you see a lot of things that are really difficult. So talk to me about how you serve uh, the DART, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, I know you've said you serve them before, during, and after. That's right. So there yeah. is a process. So maybe, I don't know if you want to break that up or explain kind of how you guys even do that and how do you prepare people?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely been a process that we've learned over the years, Um Areas that we saw that were missing, things that we felt like we weren't providing encouragement and spiritual support for our Dart members in particular. Mm-hmm. Our IFS serve long term and the the stress and the trauma that they see is very different from our DART folks that mm-hmm. might go in and be there for a month at a time and what they see and what they experience and just the workload that they carry. Mm-hmm. So trying to take what we do for our international field staff and say, how do we need to tailor that for mm-hmm. our Dart staff? So over the past several years, I think we've come to a place that right now we feel like is a full package Mm -hmm. (laughs) where when someone's name, and we worked really closely with the Emmett to make this happen. They've been very supportive and very encouraging and appreciative of having somebody walk alongside Mm -hmm. because they see and hear firsthand what our DART members go through. -hmm. When someone says, Yes, I'm going to go out, I have availability, and they are actually, a ticket is actually purchased for them. (mumbles) Their name drifts over to our administrative assistant, and it automatically triggers what we call a pre deployment prayer call. So if it's one of the five of us, but most often it's someone on that extended team that we have that they get that name. They make a call. They talk with them. They pray with them. Uh, they ask if there are any family concerns while they're have to, while they going to be gone. If there's any specific way, they can continue to pray with them while they're on the field. Often, especially like with Ukraine, there might be some talking points that the Emmett doesn't have time to relay or to have conversation about when they're tasked with getting so many people out to the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. But our member care person can take the time and just talk through some of the expectations, even like in Ukraine, how cold it is Mm -hmm, and what mm -hmm. kind of things you need to take and prepare, um, what kind of a food is available. But especially in a DART like this, what are the risks that they may be facing? We want our DART members to go in eyes open to know what they're Mm -hmm. facing. Mm -hmm. So that would be a pre-deployment prayer call. Then, while they're on the field, we have member care on the ground active. So right now, we have three member care out. John Freiler and Mark Walker are two of our full-time staff. And then we have another um, female that is... On a contract basis. So we have three member care serving. As you know, we have a number of different sites right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably do with another one or two out on the field just to be there, help lead devotions, communion, movie night, mm-hmm. listen, engage. If there's a difficult day in surgery or a difficult day at the train station, uh, just debriefing, processing what people are seeing day in and day out taking trips to the airport, picking people up, just Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. extra extra jobs like that. On the back end, when someone leaves a DART and they come back, we always send an opportunity for a one-on-one debrief with a member care manager when they return, just to talk through their experiences, to make sure they're handling that in a healthy way, What did you see God do in your life? How did you see Him use you? What were some challenging events that you saw while you were on the field? Sometimes we make those calls proactively instead of leaving it in your hands as a DART member, just depending upon the intensity and the severity Mm -hmm. of the DART. Mm -hmm. In Ethiopia, one of our recent DARTs, we proactively called every person that came off of that DART because it was so intense. After a period of time when people are back from a DART, we'll host a webinar. And we'll invite everyone that served on that DART to get back together for a webinar. It's an opportunity for them to see each other mm. on the Zoom screen. We will talk through some normal reactions after a DART, just see how they've been processing events, and uh, just give everybody one last opportunity that was on that DART to debrief in a healthy way. Mm. So it's before, during, and a couple of touches
0: afterwards. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Very, very organized. Um, so I've heard you speak at devotions before. You're a wonderful mm, teacher, and I know you. that you love to study God's Word, mm. and that is a passion of yours. So I know you stay anchored in God's Word mm. so that—I mean, not not for this purpose. You do it to, to know Him, but it helps overflow you know, into your ministry. So mm-hmm. can you even share how you, I guess, how you stay anchored in your time with the Lord? Um, because— I think serving other people can deplete you if you don't. If you don't mm-hmm. let yourself, you know, you know, I always think of Mary and Martha, you know, and how we can just get doing things for the Lord and not always spend time with Him. So, I guess, how have you even trained yourself to stay anchored in the Lord, abiding in Him, so that you can truly overflow?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for asking that. That's certainly a passion of mine. Uh, I think we call spiritual disciplines, just that, because Mm -hmm. it is a discipline. Even something that I love as much as God's Word and getting into God's Word is still a discipline that I intentionally invest in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's because I'm so desperate for Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) When God uses us and puts us in situations um, to get to hear the stories and the trauma Mm -hmm. um, that our staff are going through, I so want my responses to come from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to come from a fresh overflow of what I've heard from the Lord through His Word. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be my words. No, mm-hmm. I want it to be knowing that I'm speaking from um, a newness and a daily encounter with the Lord that I can trust Um You often don't have time to sit down and pray when you're in the heat of a moment, but knowing that you've invested on that time on the front end and that the Lord is going to go with you during the day and trusting that Mm -hmm. your words during the day are His. So I think it just comes out of a sense of desperation Mm -hmm. and uh, just so not wanting it to be about me, but wanting it to be about Him. Mm -hmm. That's
0: awesome. um, and And I ask that because I feel like and this is probably what you see within the ministry, you know, spiritual warfare is real. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I noticed even Edward and I have been here three years now and not to say I didn't feel it before when he was in the military, um, but it just was more intense. And definitely since we've been here and the more we step out and try to serve the Lord, I do feel attacks, you know, just within our family and within just, so I guess that's why I wanted to ask because um, you probably see that, too, within mm. the ministry, and you see that within the staff members that serve. Because mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, when when you're serving the Lord boldly, uh, you know, Satan doesn't want that. So, I guess, what would you even say to to that? You know, what have you learned about spiritual warfare and just—I know you mentioned, uh, and then we'll talk about theology of suffering and trauma and resilience, you know, all these things that uh, the devil can use uh, for, for harm— you know, for mm-hmm. our staff members, but we know God can use even bad for the good of His purpose to that's accomplish right. His purposes. So I guess that's a loaded question, but what would you even say, you know, your role, um, how have you seen spiritual warfare, and how have you all tried to combat that?
1: hmm hmm Yeah. How do you take what you see and what you hear— um, Uh, For our IFS, it's mostly what we hear. For our DART, we're right there walking alongside them. So we're experiencing it and we're seeing that trauma together. How do you take that on a day in and a day out basis and continue to um, believe that we have a sovereign God? that he is in mm-hmm. control. How do you continue to say those words from Romans eight twenty eight and truly believe those and not have it just be a platitude, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there again, it goes back to that desperation of just needing to mm. hear from the Lord on a daily basis. And that, that fixing our eyes back on Jesus, um, getting that fresh perspective, uh, picking up our cross daily and following after him. Um, When we come across evil, which is where Samaritan's Purse goes, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When we come across evil... We've got to be fully armed. We have to have on the armor of God. Mm -hmm. And I think encouraging and speaking into that and getting to remind people about that, being prepared, picking up the sword of the Spirit and Mm -hmm. putting on the full armor of God, I think getting to step into that battle with people and reminding them of that is such a blessing. Getting to offer that hope and truth And I am so convinced that that is truth. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen that. Our staff have seen that. Sometimes all it really takes is reminding them to remember. You talk about reading in Deuteronomy. How many times Mm -hmm. do you read that word remember in Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. that God encourages us to rehearse his goodness, rehearse Mm -hmm. his faithfulness, rehearse our track record with how the Lord has come through with us in the past? And I think that's a way that we try to battle that spiritual warfare is remembering Putting on the full armor of God, helping our staff daily fix their eyes on Jesus, Mm -hmm. just being prepared for the evil that they are going to encounter. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I love getting to be the light in the darkness Mm -hmm. that we get to take in and just making sure we're not um, hiding that light under a bushel, that we're being forward, that we are um, getting that spark fresh every day. I think... Mm -hmm. um, it's just a blessing to to get to combat that with people, to walk alongside that spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. help them remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that answer that question? Yeah, that's it all. does, and
0: that's good. Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> and you know, speaking to that, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, Samaritans' purse goes into the the fire; they go right. into the hard places, and and I think for me, we were actually talking, you know, Kendra and I get to. Uh, hear from people all throughout the ministry, and it's mm. so encouraging. And I mm. we love hearing what God's doing, and it, you know, and most of the time it, it just lifts us up. Mm. But there are days where we just get heavy. Yeah, hearing you know the ministry. Yeah, yeah as you mentioned, I mean, Ukraine is awful, but. You know, the news is really only talking about that right now, and we know there are conflicts and and crises all over the world, and it just breaks your heart, and I think that's what's hard sometimes because we'll be, yeah, talking to someone in Ethiopia, and then in the Mm -hmm. afternoon, we're talking to somebody in South Sudan, and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just heartache, and it it must. You know, God tells us, break my heart for what breaks yours, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, His heart, He sees it all. And, you know, he sees more than we do. And so I can't even imagine how he feels uh, watching his people and the people he loves, the people he sent his son to save, all of us, you mm-hmm. know, even the evil. So I guess what would you say to people that are just discouraged and hopeless? Because you do. You have such a ministry to our staff, and I'm so grateful. But to the families and to the family members that maybe don't get that ministry uh, touch points, you know, and maybe are discouraged, or they've sent their loved one and— you know, they're just afraid, I guess. What would you even say? Because I think, yeah, the question is so often, you know, why does God allow suffering? You mm-hmm. know, and it is, it's hard to grapple with and we'll never understand this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, all we know is his, his ways are not our ways, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so I guess, yeah, that's a rambly question, but I guess <laughs> I would just say, what what hope and encouragement would you give us? Because we are just living in some hard days. And I think <laughs> following off covid you know, and now with this huge war that might affect the whole, you know, so many more, we don't know, but you can, you can get yourself real afraid. And I think Mm -hmm. I'm just sensing a lot of hopelessness. So what would you even say? And what has the Lord been, I guess, encouraging you through his word and maybe Mm -hmm. even your counsel and conversation with staff members? I'm sure you, you both edify one another (laughs) and you learn from them. So maybe what would you share to that
1: I think that's true. There's there's always this reciprocity Mm -hmm. of getting to hear and share and uh, being together and trusting each other with what's going on in your life, the good and the bad, the challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, an important concept for us is to point back to who the God is that we serve, Mm. and do we believe, in the face of suffering and all of this evil that we're seeing, that we have a God that is good and that is loving and that is compassionate and that is all powerful. I think every one of those attributes of the incredible God that we serve is is easy for us to set aside in the face of what we see. So going back to verses that remind us of his goodness, of his love, of his compassion and his power. Mm-hmm. And focusing not so much on the evil, but on our God, mm. on our God, and the God that is going with us to those difficult places that we're called to serve with Samaritan's Purse. We don't go alone. We take that God with us into those situations. And His compassion and love and goodness is so much stronger than we will ever be able to express. And His power and His authority is so much stronger than any evil or any government or any authority that would stand up against Him. And that's who we walk into battle with. And if we can remember who that God is, it helps us combat fear and discouragement and depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it gives us the confidence and the hope that Mm -hmm. that's who is with us as we step into battle. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we... Talk to family members in our, in our pre-deployment calls. Often they'll say, "Can you check in with my mom while I'm away?" And when we call that that parent or that loved one or that that spouse that's left behind, I think um, one of the Visual images that I like to set out is every person that deploys on a dart takes this community of prayer with them, right? Mm-hmm. Their intimate family, then their Sunday school class, or this broader mm-hmm. prayer covering mm-hmm. of friends and special friends from church that they take with them, and they travel across to Ukraine mm-hmm. where we are now with that with that little covering of prayer. And we have a hundred and forty plus people in Ukraine right now, and every one of them takes that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. little covering of prayer with them. And then every morning here at Boone and in Wilkes and in Charlotte, we have a thousand people that are sitting and praying Mm -hmm. for that deployment. And we've got to Focus and remember the power of intercession Mm -hmm. that God uses that prayer on behalf of his people. And uh, just again, a visual image of all I don't know how intercession works, I just Mm -hmm. know that God says it does, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, picturing all of those little points of intercession and light that are traveling with every person Mm -hmm. over there and then every morning as we Mm -hmm. pray, that's encouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, that that dispels
0: fear. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great little picture. I know. And as you were talking I just thought of, you know, when Jesus was telling his disciples, it's better for me to leave. You know, mm. it's better for me to go back to give you the Holy Spirit. You know, I give you as a as an intercessor because mm-hmm. you're right. We are and that's what John Fryler before we left, he was so excited because he said, "I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. You know. So everything I do, I'm not speaking on behalf of John. It's the Holy Spirit. And if we, you know, remember that power, I think you're right. So often we kind of forget and we we live in our circumstances and we we don't remember. And yeah, Yeah. I think you're right. Praise, honor, you know, remember who he is. Um, but that that is powerful. And I think that's why the power of prayers is is important. And, you know, we are to pray, and that's why you're right. Smaren's Purse meets every morning for devotions, but then they pray over our field staff Mm -hmm. and people that are gone and deployed because it's important.
1: And no matter how crazy it is on a dart, um, in Ethiopia, we had our devotions at 7 o'clock in the morning, which Mm. is, you know, a really early hour Mm -hmm. so that we could all be together before our medical staff had to Uh go off in this direction. In California, devotions at 6 a.m. for the shift that was coming off and at 7 p.m. for the shift that was going on. So devotions is so critical. And our dart recognizes that as well as the member care person that's there serving Mm -hmm. that, that we need that time together just to pray, to worship, to fix our eyes back on the Lord, to remember what we're getting ready to step into. So wherever that's happening, that's always important, mm-hmm. yeah, a value.
0: Mm-hmm. And you you have deployed several times, right? Mm-hmm. You, you do respond with the darts as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess what has, you know, each one probably teaches you something different or something mm-hmm. new, but, mm-hmm. you know... I always think of that verse in Corinthians where we we comfort and encourage with mm. how the Lord comforted and encouraged us, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm sure uh, different times that you've been gone, the Lord taught you something, mm-hmm. you know, and I do. I think he teaches us a lot of times in the hard times uh-huh. yeah. and when we're without family or when we step out and we're, so maybe what has he even taught you on some of your deployments mm-hmm. that you are now remembering mm-hmm. and carrying with you? Is there scripture or, you know, just even something he taught you that you helped encourage others as they come back? Yeah.
1: Um, My most recent dart was in Albania, but I think to answer that question, I'll go back to Ethiopia. Hmm. And uh, I was in Tigray and I was really fortunate to get to lead for three days, a uh, trauma healing for a group of 30 plus community leaders, pastors, Christians in the city there. And we went through this time of encouragement and how do you face trauma and how do you help your children walk through it? It was just an amazing time of being together. And on the last morning that we were together, um, we started off with a time of worship, of singing. we you know been together for these three days, but we hadn't had a time of worship yet. And it was in a very... Um, echoey, empty, all cement block building. It was always hot. (laughs) The electricity went off and on, but we had this wonderful community of believers that had been together for those three days. Mm -hmm. And we had no instruments. We didn't have a guitar. And one of the worship leaders started off um, singing this song, and it was a haunting worship song in a minor key that those believers sang with such robust hearts mm. and just such energy and uh, tears just running down their face as they are mine now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, in worship, and the power and the beauty of that moment, and learning from that, mm-hmm. that our joy and our happiness, um, are commitment to the lord is not based on our circumstances. Mm. And we can say that, but when you're sitting in a room like that at that mo- at that moment and you see these 30 plus people whose country, community, church, home, families have been torn apart, that have such uncertainty in their future and they are singing Gusto with all their heart, this worship song of praise and lifting their hands to the Lord. Um, it just becomes so real and puts in perspective our experiences and how mm. God speaks to us in our suffering mm. and how He delights in using that in our lives if we will embrace that. Mm. And I've learned that over and over again, not from my suffering, but Mm -hmm. from the experiences that I've gotten to see of other people going through much more intense suffering than I'm ever going to walk through, Mm -hmm. and just seeing that reality played out in their life. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about the theology of suffering, it's not mine. Mm -hmm. It's what I have witnessed in other people's lives and Mm -hmm. seen God Play out his goodness and his love hmm. and his compassion and his authority in mm-hmm. the midst of their circumstances and their mm-hmm. suffering.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That yeah, that is so powerful, and I I feel the same way because I feel like I haven't been through anything hard <laughs> in my life, and so yeah. but the suffering I've learned is from watching other people. Mm-hmm. And it's true, you know, when Job, I think at the end of Job, when he says, you know, before I. I knew of you, Lord, but now I've seen you. You mm-hmm. know, I think through His brokenness and losing everything, you know, He did. He got to know God on a deeper level. And sometimes I get envious. You know, I'm not that I want to suffer, but sometimes I watch people that have been through really hard things, mm-hmm. and their joy of the Lord um, and their relationship with Him is so deep. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's been He's been all they, yeah. all they have. They've and proven that, haven't so they? So yeah, not that you want suffering in your life, but I think it's just that reminder of to live as Christ and to die as gain. And even if, and that's what, you know, we I keep thinking and praying of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Benego, you know, going into the mm-hmm. fire, you know, and how they said, I know my God can save me. But even if not, you know, their their faith and their boldness— to follow him, whatever the cost. I think mm-hmm. you're you're right. Worshiping with people, and you have worshipped all over the world mm-hmm. with so many different people, with with great heaviness, and the fact that they can recklessly uh, worship the Lord mm-hmm. and and really mean it, that's convicting. Yeah. And when Corinthians tells
1: us that thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Mm. Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Well, that triumphal procession is the slaves that come in behind the king. And that's us. Mm. (laughs) No, we are the ones that are following after the king. And so it's not that we're getting to come in, whoa, Hmm. here's me, here's me. It's no, we are coming in following in the lead of our king and that triumphal procession. Uh, and the aroma that we get to spread is of Christ, not Mm. me. You know, I'm a stinky sheep, but Mm -hmm. we get to spread His aroma. So just not ever elevating ourselves more than we think we ought and uh, just getting to follow in His footsteps is, Mm. yeah, getting to spread that aroma in so many different places that we get to
0: serve. Mm -hmm. That is so good. Um, So good. And yeah, that is the heart of Samaritan's Purse, person mm-hmm. i love the way that you guys help remind us you mm-hmm. know remind the staff members as they're serving and cuz it's not a matter of if you're going to be discouraged it's when and yes. you know to for you to just remind people and that's all you know a lot of mm-hmm. us we just need that reminder so thank you for being that to people yeah. we work with
1: amazing people we have amazing staff within Samaritan's Purse, person it's yeah it's just a privilege to get paid, to walk alongside and get to support people spiritually. What a cool mm-hmm. job, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is cool. I know. it And, and it, it just, I think I'm just in awe. You know, everybody I talk to from our staff all over the world, you're just like, man, I want to do what you do, and I know you probably feel that way too. Every time I talk to people, I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that, and it's just neat to see the body of Christ. You know, he uses so many different people with different gifts and backgrounds and sends them you know, to each response for... Truly, such a time as this, you yeah. know, that's what we're covering right now is just how our staff members have been prepared for whatever, you know, wherever God calls them. And he mm. seems to choose the right people at mm-hmm. the right times. I'm sure you've witnessed that. Mm-hmm. And I just I just wanna stay soft and humble. So that I will do that, and mm. actually, as you were talking about, you know, remembering the Lord's uh, faithfulness, you know, actually, also was in Jonah yesterday and just reminded at his hardened heart. You know, he fled and didn't want to go. I mean, out of fear, yes, but I think more so, he didn't want them to repent and he mm-hmm. didn't want them to come to know Christ. You know, he even said, God you are faithful, abounding in love, (laughs) compassionate. You know, he knew that if they repented, God would take them and love them, and he didn't think they were worthy. You know, and I just was reminded, like, we do, we cannot have a hardened heart, because you're right, and I love how you said that. We are following behind the king, you know, praising. We're not trying to get success. We're not trying to pick and choose who, and that's something you've seen, too. Um, You know, we minister to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a— uh, good people, bad people. Well, we're all bad. But I, I, I guess I think of, yeah, the 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 hospital in Iraq,
1: you mm-hmm. know, and
0: the way that you guys ministered to uh, terrorists. Soldiers. Children. And the mm-hmm. people that were in the hospital because of those very same soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and what, I, yeah, maybe yeah. even let's, because I think, yeah, God put the burden, you know, on Franklin's heart. I love how he organized it. And we were actually just talking about a church in Moldova that started a ministry, you know, last year for some other purpose and now it is the ministry is being helpful to uh bring in refugees, you know, and host uh, them. It was something mm. that they thought of ahead of time, the Lord put mm. it on their heart. They thought it was for something. Anyway, mm. so to say, I guess member care came to be mm-hmm. and truly since then, I mean, there's always been hardships and conflicts, but you know, that hospital, for example, mm-hmm. you know, it was necessary mm-hmm. to have member care, you know, to have yeah. to care, you know, the what, the, what they, the burdens they care for there. So I guess, yeah, how did you even see the Lord created and prepared your hearts and to have the staff and the mm-hmm. availability for that? Because that is probably really heavy.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think I was prepared for that. Mm. <laughs> um, that. So you did go to that? I did. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably a, a line in the sand for Samaritan's Purse that response mm. in in Iraq and one of the first really difficult, uh, not very different from Ebola a different mm-hmm. kind of response to an Ebola, right? Where we're we're stepping into the war zone like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of launched us mm-hmm. into what we see now that happened in Ethiopia that's happening mm-hmm. in Ukraine. Uh, so I think at that time I wasn't really prepared for what I was going to see. And, uh, for me personally, I was dealing with my own trauma and what I was seeing in the lives mm-hmm. that I was involved with and the mm-hmm. stories that I was hearing at the same time that I was wanting to encourage and be there for our staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a huge learning curve for me as I think it was for so many of our staff, um, that were on that response. But you know what, Christy, it was a it was an opportunity for me to test out to practice what I preach, basically. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, as you counsel people, as you listen to people in circumstances. I'd never been in a circumstance like that, in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So is this gonna work? Is what I say about Jesus going to work here? And if it doesn't, it's not a good gospel. But it did, and it does, because mm-hmm. it is a good gospel. Mm-hmm. So to have that opportunity uh, for me personally, that was a real um, mark in my own testimony of just seeing the gospel and Jesus work in that situation, and mm-hmm. what I say about Jesus works even when I'm there with children that are maimed beyond you know what should mm-hmm. happen, um, mm-hmm. that it still works. Mm-hmm. I can still speak. Again, of the goodness and mm-hmm, compassion mm-hmm. and love of Jesus as I'm looking at that little child
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I and that that's so true and that you're making me think of I, one of our church partners in Ukraine, you know, that said we're praying for our Russian brothers and sisters, mm. you know, because we are mm. brothers and sisters for eternity. so that's it's a little different, but that fact of there's not an enemy, you know, especially in the body of Christ, yeah. you know, there isn't an enemy, but you know, We are called to love and share the gospel and serve whoever's in front of us. And that's something, you know, we've heard time and time from our doctors and nurses. You know, whoever is put in front of me, I'm going to love, and I'm going to share the gospel. Because you're right, it is a good gospel, and it is true. And um, even in trauma and heartache and seeing the most evil Mm -hmm. um, and brokenness Mm -hmm. of people, the gospel's true. And it's for everyone. And so for you guys to be able to do that— I, sorry, and I didn't even—I hadn't even meant to ask that question, but I just thought— no. um, To get to test it out like that, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: to mm-hmm. say it's good, it's good, and it works. Mm-hmm. And for for me personally, to get to test that out as I talk about remembering, that's mm-hmm. one of the— places that I go back to and my own spiritual markers, my own um, personal testimony of God's um, goodness and working in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my own remembrances. Mm. Yeah.
0: hmm Yeah. Um, and so finally, because you have been all over the world, you've been with our staff, um... In the in the fire, mm. as you just said, um, you know how can we be praying? You know, I guess mm. you know you you mentioned how important prayer is and how each person takes with them their prayer team, and I think sometimes we we don't think that's important. And so, for many people that are listening, you, we are we are support supporting our our spouse or our family member that serves. You know, and, but. You know, I always say you play just as big of a role, you know, because for one, you're allowing them to go, um, especially if they're getting sent on a dart. I mean, they couldn't do it without your, That's you know, right. sending. But yeah. your prayers um, and your your intercession is most powerful. Um, so I guess, how do you pray for our staff, you know, as you send them out? And, um, you know, yeah, how has the Lord even taught you and changed your prayer life over the years? Yeah. I think...
1: Our staff are successful, if we use that that term, right? Mm-hmm. Are successful on a DART deployment when they can stay healthy the way God created us, physically, emotionally, hmm. and spiritually. Hmm. And can we have that realistic expectation that we send staff into Ukraine and they can continue to be healthy in those ways? And I think biblically speaking, yes, we can have that expectation. We see that set over and over again in the Old and the New Testament, where God would call people into dangerous, difficult situations, and what does he do? He equips them for the call, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what our team often prays, is that our Hmm. our DART and our IFS will continue to remain healthy physically, emotionally and spiritually, so that they can thrive as we serve together in Jesus' name. It kind of goes back to our mission statement of believing mm-hmm. that our staff can not just go out there and be incredible doctors, but that they can have an emotional and a spiritual impact in a healthy way, even in the middle of difficulties. Will they have challenging times? Will there emotions? Will there be discouragement? Will there be doubts and questions? Yes. Mm-hmm. But how do you take all of that and wrap it up in who Jesus is and what he desires to do in and through you on a dart? I think we all know we go out on the dart thinking God wants to do this through me, mm-hmm because I'm going with this skill and I'm filling this line on the dart roster. Mm-hmm. And the other question is, what does God want to do in you during mm-hmm. that time? Mm-hmm. And those things are equally important. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I pray for is what does God want to do in our staff mm-hmm. and how can He keep them physically, emotionally and spiritually healthy
0: while they're mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I know one of the nurses, Barbara, she said when people Ah. ask her, how can I prepare? She says, I'll give you three things. (laughs) Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love Ah, with Jesus. You know, that's that's all you need. You know, yes, your skills are important, but if you're not growing and abiding, you know, and that's what, as I mentioned, Mary Martha, you know, that's what Jesus said when Martha was complaining. He said, she has chosen what is better. You know, Mary did by sitting at his feet, you know, and and clinging to what he said. And that's Mm. what we're called to do. I mean, yes. We need to be both because we do need to do work for the Lord. have got and, a big and, and job to do. <laughs> yeah, Martha's important, and what she was doing was important. You're not going <laughs> to eat if you don't work. Uh, but I always come back to the she chose what was more important, mm-hmm. you know, and it's that abiding and seeking the Lord and, and spending time with Him. And you're right. We can't flourish and grow if we're not spending time— and we're not going to have much to overflow if we don't do that. So, And what are the stories that come back from darts, mm-hmm. right? They're the gospel
1: opportunities. They're incredible mm-hmm. things that you see God doing in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And He does that in and through us as we make ourselves available and as we're bold in our gospel witness. So mm-hmm. it's not the amazing things that we did, mm-hmm. um, although we collect those numbers. How much did you distribute? What mm-hmm. were you mm-hmm. able to do? But the stories that come back that people... People share are the relational stories, the opportunities to be Jesus, to be that light in that darkness amongst the evil. Mm-hmm. I think it just mm-hmm. speaks into who we want to be and why people are drawn to serve on a dart. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for the privilege of mm-hmm. uh, prayer that we don't have to beg you to listen to us or to engage with us or to be available that you delight in interceding on our behalf with the Mm -hmm. Father, just as we've talked about how we intercede, that you also intercede on a daily basis for us. So thank you for that promise. We wanna take this opportunity right now just to intercede on behalf of those that are serving Mm -hmm. in the name of Samaritan's Purse around the globe. We have doctors serving in World Medical Mission hospitals. We have international field staff that are serving in 19 different country offices. Mm -hmm. And we have 140 plus staff that are serving in Ukraine, plus our staff that are still serving our Afghan response in Albania and in Texas and in Virginia. So we Mm -hmm. thank you for those that are out serving in your name, Jesus. We ask that they would feel the power of our prayers, the collective intercession that's offered on their behalf. And we do ask that you would continue to help them thrive physically, emotionally, and spiritually as they serve in Jesus' name in difficult and hard places. Thank you for your presence that goes with us wherever we are, that never leaves us. It is always beside us, and we're so grateful for that truth and that reality. We love you, Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.